All right. How are you doing today, Steven? I'm good. How are you, JD? Doing good. We're going to date ourselves. We just had a new inauguration today, but how are you feeling about... Today is January 20th, 2021, the start of the New World Order. Yes. Great. Woo. And the start of episode three, obviously, I think my favorite episode so far. What about you? Uh, episode three aired in 2014, but also my favorite episode so far. <laughs> All right. We begin this episode with finding out who was the the man in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just to recap, episode one, season one, the very first scene of Fargo, you have uh, who we now know is Lauren Malvo driving a car. There's some man who we didn't know at the time in his trunk. Uh, Malvo crashes the car. He sort of evades the scene. The guy in the trunk gets out. He has no clothes on but his underwear. And this is the middle of Minnesota winter. And he sort of wanders off into the forest. Next morning, he's frozen to death. Mm. So we finally find out who that guy is. Um, And the first scene of the show, I, I didn't quite... I had to watch it twice, actually, because I, I thought I missed something. There's this, just this random guy in a cubicle, and he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And he's, like, working on his computer. He, like, looks in the hallway. No one's there. He's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then he looks again, yeah. and Malvo's there. And he's like, oh, my God. At this point, he, he knows he's in trouble. Run. Eh. Yeah, I didn't think he you had just, much of a shot to run. But, like, I've, I've always thought that if someone is coming at me like this, I'm going to I'm gonna put my head down and I'm going to charge the guy. <laughs> like, that's how I get out of this situation is I don't, I don't run away. I run towards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either way, I think Malvoy would have been ready for whatever action he was about to take. Right, Malvo is like a hired hitman. He, he was going to kill him either way. I have I have two two comments about this scene. So he's in this cubicle farm. Malvo comes up to him, grabs his tie, and drags him oh. out of the building. Okay, two comments. One, there are other people working, and they they're just going to stand by and just like let this man get dragged out by his tie. No one does anything. Just watch. No one calls the police. No one tries to like help him out. They just watch. Okay, so he needs to find a new job. Like the they got bad. <laughs> he's got bad coworkers. One, two. How do you drag a man by his tie? The strength, Malvo. Yeah. Is Malvo just like super strong? And I didn't realize this. He dragged him by his tie. Not only through the like carpeted. <laughs> Uh, cubicle farm office floor or whatever but also outside on concrete just like dragging this man and he's, he's not a small man no so props to Malvoy for being able to do that I, I I could not do that I was impressed also also like the co-workers need to like go to church or something like they that that's messed up but I mean where why did Malvoy have no he didn't no concern for witnesses. No, that's what I'm like. 
he doesn't care anything about Lester. I'm like, if he didn't care that this whole office people in broad daylight saw him drag this man out with the camera, he gives no fucks about Lester and what he may say about him. That's true. That's true. He he thinks he's sort of, I don't know, above the law or something. That's true. <laughs> and then especially what he starts to do to the king in the next town. Like, Marvel is just... He plays by his own rules. That's what. Not even the hitman code. He has his own code. He he is not honoring the hitman code at all. Um, we'll get to it, but like, yeah, not not great. Have you seen the Umbrella Academy? Yes. He, you know, the the like extra dimensional beings that that govern the Umbrella Academy, they would start coming after Malvo because he's sort of he's breaking the code. Oh, oh yeah. The code, <laughs> Code and he's breaking. Um, next scene, uh, Lester shows up back to work. He's yeah. sort of we we see him sitting at home. He, I guess he hasn't been working. I guess he's been grieving. I'm or recovering, or I'm not sure. Um, but he decides to go back to work. Um, yeah. and he shows up, and his manager's like, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing here?" My first thought was they hired someone else to fill his job and he actually didn't have a job anymore, but no, they're just like, you know, are you sure you're okay? Are you sure you can do this? And poor Lester, the first assignment he gets is to go to Sam Hess's wife, Gina, and deliver her the insurance paperwork. uh, Now that her husband's dead. See, I don't know. This goes back to him admitting that he never knew who Sam Hess was when the man has a policy at the firm. (laughs) Like it's just the lies and lies. And I'm like, Lester, you are just fucking yourself. And yeah. And, and officer Molly's onto him. She's onto him. Like, Mm. like nothing else right now. She, and look, we'll, we'll go into it later, but our two, our two contestants of the death pool meet and they are just getting so close that you just know someone has to die. So one of them are going to die. Uh, like, th- there's no way that uh, that officer. We'll get into it. Officer yeah. Molly knows who Malvo is. That that is <laughs> yeah. dangerous. Stay away. Um. So so Lester goes over to to the Hess house. Yeah. Um. The the boys are like being the boys. They're like terrible human beings, just like their father. <laughs> Uh, and this, this woman, Gina Hess, she opens the door and she's like, what do you want? Leave me alone. And Lester's like, I'm with the insurance company. And she just turns it on. Yeah. She's just like, oh, you can come in. Let's have a drink. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then she starts hating on him. She needs that money. She, not, she not only wants that money, she wants that money today. <laughs> What can I do and to get that money now, Lester? Like, nothing is off the table. Lester is sitting back in a chair. She's on top of him, leg up, like, willing to do, talking talking about how she was a stripper and she could move and she's flexible, um, willing to do anything for that money. And poor Lester, this this man, he's grieving. He's not, he's actually not grieving at all, but 
And so, so while that's happening, um, we see the two henchmen in the background. Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers trying to figure out who has their money, who has their boss's money, because Sam has had it, he no longer has it, and they need to collect. Oh, that's what they're doing? They're looking for money? I thought they were just looking to kill whoever killed Sam Hess. I don't, maybe, I don't get that vibe. I, I get the sense that Sam Hess owes them something or, or, or whatever, and they're looking to collect. Okay. I don't think they're close to Sam Hess like that. I think Sam Hess was just like, you know, uh, in, in this crime ring that they're all a part of. Oh, yeah, I just thought like if you affect, he's a part of the business, he makes money for the business, you kill him, we have to kill you to show you don't mess with our business kind of thing. I mean, I guess, but like a little bingy Minnesota, you got to do all that? This ain't Chicago or something. I, You got to keep people in line no matter where you at. But Lester? Well, not Lester. They were looking for Malvo. That's and he's just connected. That's what I think. They're just they but know Lester is involved. They they now know Lester is involved. They see Lester show up at the Hess house, talking to the wife, getting felt up on by the wife, and and so now they know Lester's involved. But that's just insurance. Like I that's what I I didn't know what was the point of them being there because he was just making an insurance call he should have made the other woman at the insurance firm make the call i just don't know why he even put himself in that situation i I don't know why either i i I don't know i I thought it was maybe it was one of two things maybe it was lesser trying to there was that scene before he went into work he was at home and he was listening to some like self-help thing or something i I thought Lester was trying to like own his life and go in, like go to the Hess house and sort of take care of his business. Um, but it appears like, no, that wasn't the case at all. It was just like old Lester getting pushed around, <laughs> accepting whatever crap's in front of him and going to this man's house who tormented him, seeing his children and then giving his family money. Like, nah, that's you can do that. It, because because his boss needed to go to the dentist. Yeah. Like, See, I nah. totally forgot when he pulled up that the kids were there when he got bullied. I'm like, yeah. you willingly went over to this house and the kids pretty much bullied you. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, just say no. Say, no, I don't want to do that. My wife died. Maybe I don't want to go over to his house. I'll come into the office. But I don't know. Yeah. That, that being said, I I wouldn't be scared of those kids. Like if you were Lester, though, of, of dumb and dumber. I mean, they sh- and and they they show that they and you can see this in the episode because as their mom is filling up on Lester to get her money, one of them shoots the other in the ass with an arrow. And that was after what did he did he hit him with an axe or did he just try and beat him to death? Before? I don't I don't know. See, they, but something like that happened. I don't want to be around those kids if I'm a little old Lester. Even who else said little Lester? They call him little Lester. <laughs> even <laughs> like who was it? Even e- even Gina Hess was like, "Oh, you're a, you're a hit. You you look good. You're a little small." <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> come on, that's, that's so mean. Yeah, that's so mean. Ah. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Then. So, 
Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Take it. Well, no, then we just go to the scene. I know it's just like the comic relief with, I guess, Molly's old high school friend. The show just. Oh, my gosh. I I could not believe that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Molly meets up with, with her high school friend at some nice restaurant. Yeah. This, this woman's never seen a cop before in her entire life. <laughs> Because Molly shows up in her uniform and she's like, oh, is that a toy gun? And Molly's like, yes. And she's like, really? And then Molly's like, no, I'm a cop. It's a gun. But the thing that freaked me out was the spider thing. And I thought it was a no, joke. No, no, yeah. yeah we got to set it up because that, that that's something else. So... <laughs> So Molly's like, you know, how how are you and your husband? And she's like, oh, I actually divorced him uh, because he slept with another woman. And Molly's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, like, how's life? And she's like, well, I I just, you know, I got a new boyfriend. We've been dating for six months. He's amazing. Wait, no, um, first you've been doing the online dating thing. You know, oh, you meet she, some good ones and bad ones. Online dating, it's not it's not going well. Or at least it wasn't going well. Um, this spider thing happened with her new boyfriend, right? Okay. Yeah. So so she's been dating this guy for about six months. And they they go to... Where Acapulco. do they go? Acapulco. Ac- Acapulco. I don't know where that and, is. <laughs> and she, she talks about how he got like bit on the neck by a spider. And they they didn't really they just sort of didn't think anything of it and you know it's just a spider bite and then one night they're making love <laughs> and apparently it wasn't just a spider bite the spider laid eggs in her boyfriend's neck and as they were making love a whole bunch of babies came crawling came out of his neck and was crawling on them. <laughs> Just said it so casually too. She like, said it so oh, casually. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm never leaving Minnesota. So she's like, <laughs> that, oh, I'm like, gosh. Meanwhile, I'm just staring like, <laughs> I'm watching the episode. Like, oh my god. Oh. I I saw that the the scene finished, and I thought I cannot wait to talk about this. On the <laughs> how is this a thing? <laughs> Oh my god! And like the viewer, Officer Molly is just perplexed. She just does not know what to do with that. Um, clearly, her friend is is just not the, not not her. Jeesh. Jeesh. I guess it did. It it was a little comic relief, and then a little gave you some sympathy to just Molly's a sweet person, but kind of her life is. Just mundane, you know. She she does. She she has a mundane life. She enjoys being a cop. She uh, there's at one point they talk about if she's dating anyone, and she's like, oh no, I, you know, I'm, I'm too busy with my work or, or whatever. <laughs> she's just her and her dad. Yeah. Ugh. It was Officer Thurman who was like a I think a brother to her, and now he's dead. <laughs> so it's just her and her dad. <laughs> He died first episode, so they had that that relationship had no shot. <laughs> no, no shot, no shot. 
is we sort of this episode i think is similar i think it's to episode two where there's sort of two things happening at the same time yeah multiple towns yeah lester and and molly and sort of what's going on bim and bimji and then you have malvo and his like next uh next thing in duluth right right so if just so everyone can remember in episode two Malvo has been hired again to find the blackmailer of the supermarket king, Milos Stavro. Someone is blackmailing him. He's a supermarket king. He's made all this money uh, opening supermarkets, supposedly. But I think there's also something else going on. And he's being blackmailed for like (laughs) $41,000. Like $41,836 or something. To be specific. specific. First, the, the supermarket king thinks it's his wife because they're about to get a divorce and she wants her money. Malvo goes and talks to, talk to his wife in the last episode. Is like, you know, she's, she's not doing this. And then all of a sudden, we just sort of find out that Malvo solved the case. It's kind of unclear how he, he solved the case, but he solved the case. Oh, the self-tanner on the note, on the ransom note. Wait, the bronzer. The bronzer on the Tanzer note. On the uh, ransom note. Because remember, he shakes his hand, he gets a little bronzer on Malvo, and then when Malvo goes home, he sees the bronzer on the ransom note. Oh, I didn't catch that. Good yeah. catch. Good catch. So he, he figures out that it is the the wife's trainer who wrote the note. So he shows up at the trainer's sort of uh, gym, um, takes takes the trainer into into the office closet, and is like, you wrote this note. You fucked up. I thought in that moment, it's just them two in the office closet. <laughs> Malvo was about to kill them. I, I did. Yeah. Not, right not only there. that, but Malvo, like, there's this uh, medicine ball or this like exercise ball uh, in in the closet, and he's like, "Hold this," and he's like, "I got I got a question and then a comment." <laughs> and I thought I thought he was dead. I thought he was gonna like something through the back through the ball. I thought he was. I thought oh, he was dead. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. And this guy wasn't even crying. He he didn't know what kind of trouble he was about to be in. He he thought he was fine. And he ended up being fine, but I thought he was dead for sure. Um, and he's like, one question: Why that? You know, why four thousand forty six thousand eight hundred and whatever? Like, why so specific? And he said. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I like, I just want to open a bathhouse, and that's how much it costs to open a bathhouse. <laughs> and Malvo's like, okay, like you're an idiot. Like next question, like next thing. Um, and and then Malvo's like, you know, well now you work for me. The the funniest, my my favorite, probably my favorite part of the episode <laughs> is Malvo's like, well now. I'm the blackmailer and you work for me. And the guy was like, I don't understand. And Malvo says, that's okay. I understand. <laughs> so I, go, oh, I love that. I that went over my head. Damn. I'm sitting there like a puppy too. Like what? Uh, he said, that's okay. I understand. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was perfect. That's such Lauren Malvo. That is like, if, a quote could embody a person that quote embodies him. <laughs> oh. Okay. So now 
we you know we we mentioned at the beginning of the episode at the at the show that Malvo broke the code. He broke the code. He's no longer you know helping this guy catch his blackmailer. He is now going to become the blackmailer for reasons that are unclear. Like this guy has a bunch of money, yeah. and so maybe Malvo wants his money. But it's I would assume that Malvo is not a not a guy who's sort of influenced by money. Yeah. So. It's unclear why he actually wants to do this other than he is just curious and wants to find out more. And there's this money that's hidden and he doesn't really know, you know, this whole guy's financial situation. And he just is interested in spending the time and energy to find out what the, what the deal is. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. It, re- it really, it, like we said, it breaks the code of a hitman. You, you're here to do a job. You don't go and change the job mid-job. No, you don't. And, like, I don't know. I wouldn't hire him. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for Malvoy. I'm not going to lie at this point in the show. Wow. Just like your credibility as a badass. Because, like, this badass, like, money shouldn't be the, and now you want a million dollars? What you want to go to a beach and, you know, drive all? Like, come on now. Yeah, he, he changed, he, he. Puts out a new ransom note for a million dollars. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out. I I don't think the supermarket king's gonna gonna last, but you know, uh, I'm curious how this plays out. Um, so so that's sort of the the Malvo track. More happens. We'll get to it. Then there's the Officer Molly Lester Nygaard track. All right. So we mentioned that Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers saw Lester at the Hess house. They follow him back to the insurance office mm. and they, they show up at the insurance office and it's just the two gangsters and Lester. And Lester, of course, that this whole thing goes over his head. He has no clue who they are. He's like, oh, I thought the door was locked. Like, wh- what can I do for you folks? Like, can I get you a water or something? <laughs> his phone rings. He just sort of walks past these guys and answers the phone. Um, and then they make clear why they're there. Like, what happened to Sam Hess? Are you involved? The Mr. Numbers, who's deaf, sort of goes off on him in sign language. Uh, I thought that was a cool scene. Because you still think uh, he's faking it, I'm guessing. Well, no, I mean, he, I still kind of think he's faking it, but <laughs> even if he's not faking it, like, just seeing this man who, only no sign language, just like go off on this guy. And Lesser is not taking any of it in. It's, it's just, I think it's cool. Um, and I was getting worried for Lesser. They, you know, they came up real close to him. He was sitting in a rolly chair at his desk. They, they pushed his desk real close. So he's starting to feel some pressure on his belly up against his desk. Like, you know, knowing Lesser, he, I, I was expecting like a, a cry or something, like something, <laughs> something was going to happen. But he was saved by Officer Molly, Ooh. the good spirited, uh, you know, show hero protagonist. Next to die, yeah, Officer Molly. Yeah. Just looking for some insurance. No, no, she came with a plan, huh? a little sneaky one, isn't she? She, she just wants some insurance, and okay. So, so Officer Molly shows up. The two, the two henchmen leave because they, they don't deal with cops. They're not trying to get found out or anything. So they leave. And then, Officer's, then Lester's like, why are you here? 
Like I told you to leave me alone. I called your boss. He he told you to leave me alone. And she's like, oh, I just want to buy some insurance. And Esther's like, okay, sit down. Let's talk. Like, come on, man. Like, nah, you can go somewhere else. That's, have some principles, man. That's a, yeah. Have some like, principles. Go somewhere else. Talk to my colleague or something. He's like, like great. What do you want? Let's young, talk. He's yeah. like, young women like yourselves often forget about how important it is anyway. Like, he, yeah. this, this is an yeah. opportunity. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Lester. And then. Lester, Lester, Lester. No chill. He, I wish, like, he knows what he's involved in. He needs to. Every morning, take three deep breaths and remember like his situation. Because and if he if he sees off Somali on the other side of the road, he needs to call her boss and be like, "She harassed me." <laughs> like, when she's like, in his peripheral vision, just that's what you call. <laughs> call like nope. If he's trying to get away with this, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You don't sit her down. Next episode, he's going to invite her over for dinner or something. Jeez, Lester. Uh, but we, we skipped a part. So, so Officer Molly, we learned last episode, she's got taken, she's taken off the Thurman murder case. She's put on the frozen guy case. Molly figures out who this guy is, gets um, surveillance footage from this guy's office where he was yanked by the tie dragged by the tie Mm -hmm. outside and so officer molly now has a a a video and a still image although kind of obscure but a a still image of malvo and and this is who she thinks not only she knows killed this guy but she also thinks that this person killed officer thurman and I think they think he killed Lester's wife and Lester's yeah, just somehow like, involved if he would just have somehow, some kind of chill. Exactly. Somehow Lester's involved and like if she if if Lester just spills the information that he knows, she can solve the case. And so she's looking for insurance. Lester bought it hook, line, and sinker, and then she just casually drops her paper on the ground. The paper on the top of the stack is this still photo of Lauren Malvo. And of course, Lester doesn't play chill. Of course, he doesn't like excuse himself to the bathroom to calm down or anything. (laughs) In real time, he's (laughs) shocked. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, you should leave now. Like Immediately. Guilty response ever. Uh, like, I've never seen that man in my life leave. Like, come on, Lester. Like, he, Lester's a terrible guy. He's a terrible person. He bludgeoned his wife to death and enjoyed it. He's That's- terrible. But for whatever reason, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> and no. this is not how you get away with murder. No. The last, okay. After episode two, I was rooting for him. And you said Lester was a bad person. But now, no. Lester is just bad and needs to go to jail. Okay. 
Lester is is a terrible person. He needs to go to jail, but like he's also he's also on the spectrum. I think undiagnosed. <laughs> it's, this is the eighties. He, he got the autism. Like, he got. Like, <laughs> He's, there's just you know there he's just not all he's he's just not all there and I feel bad for him and you know it's just undiagnosed and and if that was the case I'd have more sympathy for him but right now I feel like he's just a little guy who's just always out to save his why, own why ass. you gotta call him little everyone in his life calls him little why you gotta call him little because it's 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 more of his courage he's like he doesn't have he has little man's courage if he just had an ounce of self-respect i wouldn't be able to call him little but he it's just no it's how he is just sitting there with gina and just takes whatever she does like he has are you gonna sleep with her? Are you not gonna sleep? Like, what do you want? What are you gonna do? Have some type of a principle. Right? At, at one point in the episode, he goes and visits his brother, and he like convinces his brother to let him, you know, shoot one of his guns. And he's out on the field, eyes closed, with this huge <laughs> rifle, just like firing. <laughs> <laughs> loving it just yeah. loving it he's feeling like a real man there he's just like oh yeah no one's closed see just like has no clue what's going on um that's uh, lester that's lester and so now officer molly knows not only is this guy sort of involved with more than than the thai guy's murder but lester knows who he is and like that's a big clue. She goes to her new chief. I love it. This is my favorite scene of the episode. Okay. Then you you tell it. You tell it. Oh well. Okay. She goes. You know to see the great chief Bill Oswald, and tells her. You know, she, pretty much she found the guy. He was with an accountant up and blah blah blah. And Les, she went to see Lester, and boom, stops it right there. He doesn't get another word out. He just sits there. He takes a sip of it. He just has this grumpy face, you know, just like he's grumpy and just, it's like, I told you not to go to Lester. Like, I'm just ticked off. And then, and then he just spins and turns around and he's just mad <laughs> sipping his coffee. And uh, I can't do that to another human being. Like, you're you're in my office or you're in the room and I just spin my chair around, like, conversation over. And he, Oh, it was the classic, just grumpy, childish, and I love Bill because that's how you said he will survive because this case will yeah. go nowhere with him in charge, and everyone needs that to happen. At one point, I thought he was about to fire Officer Molly. <laughs> he was so mad. He was so mad. He was he was like you know small town Minnesota mad. He's just like. Like, yeah, just grumpy like, yeah. like can't <laughs> say anything mean like the meanest thing he can do is just turn his chair around yeah. and like, <laughs> like <just laughs> yeah. really loud oh uh, that police union no yeah I don't know. um and so molly's just molly leaves that interaction is like this guy's clueless like he's he's lit him and his talking fish on the wall is just clueless <laughs> um, and so then we learn what Malvo taking over 
the blackmailing actually means. And it, it is, to answer your earlier question, you, you asked me, what is more savage? This scene or the opening scene, there is nothing more savage than what Malvo does to this man. I'm, I'm, I'm including the scene with the dog and then the very last scene. There's nothing more savage than how Malvo Ugh. torments this man. He, so he knows that this man, that, that uh, Supermarket King Milos Stavro, he takes pain medication for something. And so he somehow oh, his back. finds for his back. There we go. And so he somehow finds like this, this phenomenally well-stocked drug dealer in oh, the yeah. small Minnesota town, <laughs> <laughs> like, like refrigerated van yeah. with all, with any drug you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Plus apocalypse, like, Oh yeah. Uh, the zombie kit. Just, yeah. <laughs> zombie kits. <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way, on point for Malvo, yeah. like on point. He's, he he almost sold him, so he he buys some Adderall, um, and he s sneaks into the supermarket king's house, replaces or not? I guess doesn't necessarily replace, but adds Adderall to his pain medication pill bottle. Yeah. Uh, my first thought was, like, do you? Do you not know what you're taking? Like, does Adderall look the exact same as pain medication? I'm not sure. Apparently, sure. the way this guy takes pills is he just sort of puts some in his hand and then just throws it in his mouth and starts chewing on them. So, yeah. like, maybe maybe it's it's easier to get get by like that. Um, so Malvo sneaks in, puts the Adderall, sneaks out just in time. The guy's looking for his dog, and you 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 let the listeners know what happened next. And he slits the dog throat in the snow and leaves the ransom note. Malvo nearly just nearly oh. escapes, leaves Supermarket King looking for his dog, peeks outside. His dog is on the ground, dead with a slit throat and a ransom note. Whew, that's a, some John Wick shit. You do not kill a man's dog. A beautiful Rottweiler like that, too. Oh, It was so sad. Mm. Bef you know, at the beginning of that scene, the dog, you can tell, is like outside walking around and then sees Malvo and his eyes get real big and he dies. Oh, I didn't think, I thought he was going to give maybe the drugs to the dog or something. I did not see him in the, uh, cause you do not do that. You don't go and slit a dog's throat. That's just wrong. But the, the only time in the history of television where I have been okay with a man killing a dog is when Will Smith killed his dog. Uh, and, uh, what was that movie called? I am legend. And I am legend. Yeah. Yeah, everyone agreed. Oh, because yeah, he was crying. He was crying. Him. His dog was turning into one you, of those zombies. You saw the he eyes. had to. Yeah, you saw he the, had to. He was kicking, starting to kill. Oh, man. Oh, that was my it. gosh. I was uh, so sad. The The only time where I thought I, I felt for him, and I thought that, that is what you had to do. Oh, well, certainly not here. Certainly not Malvo. Certainly not no. that Rottweiler. No. Yeah. And then 
on to describe even the next he's bringing he's bringing on the 12 plagues of egypt to this man for real that's his firstborn i guess what'd you say i said the dogs he's killing his firstborn you know how yeah yeah like frogs and lotus like it they're all coming yeah uh at the end of the episode um uh, this the supermarket king is in, in his home, probably grieving the death of his dog. Goes to take a shower, and you see him sort of step into the shower, turn the water on. The water's, you know, hitting his face. His eyes is closed, just sort of sitting in the water. And then you see blood start coming from the pipe, Ugh. getting all over him. Ugh. The 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 uh, the camera pans out. You hear the man scream with blood all over him, and you see Malvo in the driveway. You know, with two huge buckets of pig blood that is that are now empty that he covers and then moves drives away. Yeah. I I could not believe. I don't understand why he did that. I don't understand what like psychological thing he's trying to get at right now. I could not believe that he did that. And I could not imagine uh, like something more oh, disgusting. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine something more disgusting than spiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spiders. I just can't this whole episode. I need to go shower. <laughs> but... But to be taking a shower and then blood comes out of the tr- the the faucet. Oh my god! Okay. Malvo, Malvo's a uh, he's brutal. Oh, okay. And they didn't end it on a good note, but I prefer us ended on a better note. I wish they would have ended it the scene before when our two who we're gonna have to f- finish the bet now, Officer yeah. Grimley and Molly met, and they're sitting down having milkshakes because he drives over to old. Was it Bimiji? Bimji. Yeah, so Bimji. so let's let's back up. We forgot this. Officer I, I call him Officer Gus. What's his what's his last name? Grimley. Officer Grimley, Officer Gus Grimley. He's the guy who saw Malvo in the getaway car and he let him go. He had that like heartwarming talk with his daughter. Rizardo, like, how would you know what would you do if if you had to stand up to a bully? And he was like, I wouldn't do anything because other things are more important. (laughs) And his daughter, like, well, I would stand up to the bully. Um, and he investigates the car that he pulled over, and it the car belongs to Lester Nygaard, um, who clearly wasn't the one driving. And he finally has the conviction to say something, to say that he saw Malvo or someone who looks like Malvo um, in, the, in a getaway car that night and, um, and wants to like be a good man and say something and bring this man to justice. And so he goes to his boss in the bathroom. His, his boss was on the toilet and he... he he, he he sort of goes into the bathroom and confesses. And I thought like, what, what are you just wait? I think it's showing kind of how he doesn't have much courage. Like he has I to, guess. Uh, can't even go face to face. Cause they can't w- even go face to face. 
he his boss hears that he saw this guy and he was like you're going to go to that other district and you're going to tell him that you let the guy go and you screwed up and it is not anybody of our, anybody else's fault and he's like yes sir definitely sir like okay Okay. Well, he's 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 his own. He's a Lester Night Guardian. Right? <laughs> um, but he he drives to Bimji. He goes to the police department. He says he has some information about Lester Nightguard. Officer Molly hears, takes him aside, and he's like, you know, I I pulled over this guy. He was driving Lester Nightguard's car, and and right then, Officer Molly's like, well, of course he was. Lester told me his car was in the shop. Turns out it was either stolen or he gave it to this guy. Lester again, like lying for no reason. Ugh, that's what I, I like. Mean, it was the man catch stole up. my car. Like my wife he, died, he, the chief died, and the person stole my car in the process. He, like that's he all killed he my wife, he killed the chief, and then stole my car. Yeah. That's all you have to do. But what concussion? He's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't really remember. Uh, Chief, she's she's harassing me. Um, uh, and Officer Molly now with this photograph of of Malvo shows Officer Gus Grimley, and he's like, "That's the guy. That's the guy." And and just right then, now we have Officer Gus, Officer Molly have identified the primary killer in this show. Yeah. And so one of them is definitely going to die. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we, we did make this bet at the end of last episode. You think it's going to be officer Molly. I think it's going to be officer Gus. Um, I, I tough. hope it is officer Molly because <laughs> Like we talked about, she doesn't have much going on in her life. She has her dad, but that's Aww. it. Officer Gus has a daughter. A daughter that he's raised by himself for 10 years. Ugh. What's going to happen to that little girl if he dies? She's going to go live with Officer Molly. I feel like, because they are having this. Do you think she wanted to have a date? Or do you think, she, what, what do you think she wanted? Was she trying to set up a date? No, I think she's just being nice. She's just like small town, nice. The Minnesota thing. We don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, like, you know, you really helped me out. Let's go have some burgers and a milkshake at, at my, you know, my father's diner. And so I agree how the episode should have ended is not with pig blood coming through a faucet. The very next getting scene. On, getting on a man. But instead with this a nice happy scene where everyone knows one or maybe everyone in that scene is going to die in the next few episodes <laughs> <laughs> of them at the diner, at her father's diner ordering food. Ooh, I bet the dad and Molly died before the, the Gus. Cause I bet, cause the dad had something with seal falls falls and that's the cop at the other thing. So I guess he used to yeah. be a cop. So he's going to start investigate when Molly starts to die and he's going to die. Watch. I just I, I think her I think her dad's a cop too. That's a good that's a good theory. But poor poor Gus, like you know, you know that the way this show is going to go, 
is the man finally decides to do right and he gets punished for it. Oh, that, would you at that point, because you saw the ridicule he got from his boss, wouldn't you have just let it go? Like you've already fucked up. Just let it go, I man. I don't know. I don't know how you live with that. But you, Especially if, if more people start turning up dead. Like, I don't know how you live with that. And you are a cop. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're a cop. You're a cop. Um, and Officer Molly, just to show that she's boss, they show up at her dad's restaurant, and she's like, I, we want three burgers and three milkshakes. She just orders for everyone. I Doubles, because it. it's been a long night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. A little small A time. lot happened this episode. A lot it happened. Did. Did. Great episode. I really enjoyed it. I did. Me too. Me too. I think I think I'm with you. It's my favorite so far. All right. Any, any predictions for episode four? Um. Any predictions? Uh, I I think that Supermarket King dies in episode four. Any money exchanges hands? I don't. I don't know. I I, I think Malvo. If I had to guess, I think Malvo just gets tired of of this man and doesn't feel like tormenting him anymore and just kills him. He kills him and his bodyguard who thinks like he's, he's the yeah. shit. Um, I think that happens. And I think what also happens in the next episode is Malvo finds out that Molly or officer Molly or officer Gus know about him. And he Sweet. like, nothing happens yet, but he sort of starts to move his target on, on one of them. He has to go back. All right. I'm going to throw in the trainer dies too because I just don't think he's going to leave that loose end. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's definitely yeah. not going to leave that loose end. Uh, definitely not. All right. Well, until next time, Steven, it was great talking to you on this episode. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>